Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. and welcome to Sunday Night at Bangor Worldwide. We are delighted that you have tuned in to join in this partnership service between Hamlin Road Baptist Church, Hamlin Road Presbyterian Church and Bangor Worldwide. Things do look a little bit different this year but we still hope that you see and hear what God is doing around the world and that you are encouraged and challenged to be part of that, whatever that may look like. There's lots coming up this week in Bangor Wild. I encourage you to check out the website to see more of that and to tune in throughout the week. But there'll be more on that later in the service. As we commence our broadcast, we're going to hear a song called O Lord, My Rock and My Redeemer. And that will go into All Hail the Lamb. And this is really just to focus us on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, and the fact that one day all will bow before him from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and what a joy that is. After that song, uh, there's going to be an interview uh, with E.B. Craig, who's currently serving with OMF, and it's going to be carried by David Johnson, and then Gary Miller, who's going to be doing a Bible readings, is going to come and bring a promo of the week ahead.
Tonight, we're very glad to have with us uh, Evie Craig. Evie serves with OMF in Thailand, and she has just returned for her home assignment and is literally uh, just out of quarantine. So we're very glad that she's able to be part of the worldwide meeting tonight here in Hamilton Road Baptist as we have this partnership service together. So Evie, um, I was just thinking as I was preparing to chat to you tonight um, of that old hymn um, by Cecil Francis Alexander, uh, which begins with the line, Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild restless sea. And certainly it's been a, a very restless sea in all sorts of ways over these past number of months. And 
later on in the hymn, she goes on to say, um, as of old apostles heard it by the Galilean lake, leaving uh, home and toil and kindred, leaving all for his dear sake. Now, you've had to leave your home and kindred once again uh, to go back and serve in, in Thailand. But, but, but this time when you were returning, uh, things were much more turbulent. Things were much more uncertain. Um, how was that different for you than leaving home and kindred the first time after you were initially commissioned with OMF? Thank you, but it was very different uh, this time because, well, yearly I try to make a, a visit uh, to visit my mum and dad as they get older and they have ongoing health issues. And with being an only child, I try to make a, a visit, even if it's only for a couple of weeks to mm-hmm to check in on them. You can only see so much on a Skype call or a FaceTime call. And uh, I went back uh, to, came back to Northern Ireland for a three week uh, visit back in October, 2019. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was only going to be uh, for three weeks and it turned out to be almost uh, five months uh, so it culminated into a, a time of compassionate leave which mm. I am very grateful to the organization and letting me have that time uh, to be uh, there especially for my mum uh, with her ongoing health issues mm. uh, which was very much a, a time of uncertainty uh, with her health uh, during that time and uh, so it was very much a time of tumult mm. and uh, and it was very much like as if the waves were crashing against the rocks as it were and uh, but it was a time uh, during which uh, when it was coming up to like February time uh, just knowing when was the right time to return to Thailand well when you were well. when you came home for that three weeks I mean obviously it extended but but you were still doing some work for OMF when you were here weren't you yes I was yes, yes. And uh, so I was very much uh, checking on emails uh, during that time. Uh-huh. And uh, and then um, during the time when I was in compassionate leave and then switching into working remotely um, in the latter uh, mm-hmm. time, almost one month uh, working remotely mm-hmm. and uh, and checking in with the, the work uh, back in Chiang Mai, which was really wonderful just to be able to and, uh, and, check and, on. And, on and when was the decision made that you would actually return? I think it came uh, with the conversations uh, via WhatsApp video uh, with our personnel department and uh, and my manager over there. And uh, we felt that it was right for me to return uh, the second weekend to March. And uh, it was wonderful just to be able to have that window of opportunity to be able to get mm. flights organized uh, to return. So I left on the 12th of March, arriving back in Chiang Mai on the 13th of and, March. And as you were leaving here, um, lockdown was beginning to come in in the UK. Was that what you encountered when you went back then to, to Thailand? Well, when I was going back uh, to Thailand, I was told uh, that there was going to be some measures put into place when I was arriving back into Savannapom uh, Airport in Thailand and then on up to Chiang Mai. Uh, I did have to wear face coverings, use hand sanitizer and the usual uh 
details that I had to go through, uh, but there was no forms uh, to fill in on arrival. That came in later in the mm -hmm. evening on the 13th. Uh, so I was very fortunate in that factor. Uh, but in the coming few days when, after I arrived back and, and was getting over jet lag, um, then I came a phone call uh, from my office uh, where I'm based out of. I said, uh, please don't come into the office for a few days. Uh, for the Thai staff, they just were a little apprehensive with me coming um, over so many miles, <laughs> international mm -hmm. travel and all that, um, to be able to um, come uh, later on in the week. Uh, and I thought I was coming back to like mm -hmm. my normal routine of working out of our centre. Uh, but that was not necessarily to be at that point mm -hmm. of time, at that stage, I was told to have a look around uh, the resources of uh, for the TCKs, Third Culture Kids, the group, uh, the people group that I serve, and uh, and to gather up some materials mm -hmm. uh, to then think back to. I was already working remotely mm -hmm. uh, in Northern Ireland for that last uh, few weeks before returning to Thailand, and to think about taking up that mantra again mm -hmm. of working from home mm. this time in Chiang Mai. And so you did that and you started working from home, networking with people, uh, creating resources and so on. What, what sort of challenges did that present to you in terms of your kind of work-life balance and so on? I think it seemed really strange because you were trying to find, okay, where is best? Uh, because it obviously temperatures are very different in Thailand mm. to Northern Ireland. It gets really hot. Uh, we were, it was moving into hot season. Uh, so finding a place in my house where I could work in a cool environment. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do have air con. Uh, having the air pollution is quite high. Mm -hmm. uh, so having um, just having like the air pollution sort of like gauge on just having a look at that every so often and uh, being able to find a, a good working environment. And, and also just being able to step away from the computer every so often mm. and just being able to mm. have a good routine, being able to incorporate even uh, exercise mm. into your day, mm. daily routine as mm. well. Mm. So having good management, time mm. management is really mm. healthy uh, to have mm. that in mm. place in the day-to-day -day, uh, working environment, mm. but also having contact with people, mm. having a phone call with even mm. some work colleagues, even there and having Bible study um, into um, the working week. I'm very thankful for mm. my women's group that I'm part okay. of as well. And, and so you're working away from home now. Um, what what impact has, has all of this had on missionaries, you know, and the families that you serve within what is quite a, an extensive field? I mean, have 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 they had to go home? Have you know how 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 have they been coped with this new set of circumstances? Some families have found it really difficult. There's been some of our neighbouring uh, countries that some of our families uh, work out of um, because of like, you know, medical centres, maybe some of them have been not so good, like to be able to, mm -hmm. um, you know, be able to have like babies. <laughs> some of them actually mm -hmm. come into Chiang Mai to have their babies and um, they've had to, because of COVID, they've had to return to their home countries. 
uh, instead of coming into Chiang Mai. So that has really been an upheaval, one of which families normally, they would have come in uh, to Chiang Mai to have uh, their new baby. And they've gone back to the States. That has happened to one of our families quite recently. And other families that have been displaced because uh, they've gone back maybe to visit with family. Uh, some have went on earlier home assignments and they have actually mm. ended up not being able to get return flights because of international mm. travel and, being stopped and, as and well. And those who've stayed, I mean, have you been able to do anything that gets close to the kind of ministry you would normally do with, with the TCKs? Well, this this year, we didn't know whether we were going to have our annual conference in June time but it was wonderful um our leadership uh with the sector that i am based uh, primarily with uh we actually decided to have a hybrid conference and we had three satellite venues uh that uh, some small groups of people were able to meet and that was really wonderful to be able to have one actually in our chiang mai as well, not in our actual center because it would have been too small, but in a local resort and also with social distancing mm -hmm. measures put in place. And uh, we were able to have, uh, there was maybe about 50 of our members were able to meet and uh, and we were able to have some of our TCKs mm. be able to meet together and be able to have Bible study mm. together. And uh, about two to three weeks prior to that coming uh, together, I was able to work on resources and uh, using uh, the teaching and John's gospel on the I am statements of mm. Jesus. I felt really led to write and resource materials uh, on those teachings. And it was wonderful to hear come back on some of the parents saying how their kids really mm. loved getting into mm. a deep uh, Bible study mm. on those um, studies. So that's and, really encouraging. And now you're, 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 you're back in, in Bangor on home assignment. Um, in theory, how long is this home assignment due to last? Okay, in theory, it's a six-month home assignment. Okay. And uh, but who knows in the light of everything that's going on? Yes, and I mean, how how do you sort of view the future, and how do you see, you know, things developing, and you know, in terms even of of OMF generally, because they're bound to have felt the impact of all of this. I think when we think about uh, mission and also even coming and anyone's home assignment, you know, you have to have like flexibility and openness to how God leads and guides. And that's something that I have found, you know, you can't hold on to anything too tightly mm -hmm. and, and have to be open to how the spirit leads and guides. And that's something that I really believe this time around especially mm. that I have to be open to how God mm. will lead me in the future and I'm excited about that what the new opportunities could be whether it's to go back to Thailand or whether there is something else uh, that God wants me mm. to be involved in but I think TCK ministry will always be yeah. very much part of what the Lord would have me be involved in it's a people group that I am very passionate about and would like to see develop more even on a wider spectrum. Evie, it's been lovely to talk to you tonight. We could talk much longer yeah. and at times against us, yeah. but thank you for sharing. And I know that you'll also be involved in other parts of the uh, Worldwide Missionary Convention online this week as well. So I'm sure 
others will tune in for that. So thank you very much. Thank you. When I was first asked to come to the Worldwide this year, I was so looking forward to being back in Bangor, to being part of the Worldwide, to opening up the Bible with you face to face, to meeting up with old friends in the church and the community. And none of that has happened. Instead, I've been giving talks kind of in an empty room um, on the other side of the world, about 16,000 kilometers away. But God, in his great sense of timing, had all this covered. Uh, when I decided to go through First Thessalonians, I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic. And yet I think there are some great reasons for us to sit under the teaching of this marvelous book this week. The first is that, that Paul's relationship with the church at Thessalonica is his warmest, is his most straightforward. And because of that, especially in 1 Thessalonians, we have this part of the Bible that is warm and refreshing and really heartwarming and encouraging. Now, I don't know what it's like for you just now, but certainly here in Brisbane where I live and in Australia as a whole, we're all feeling pretty weary. And everybody is in need of, of some encouragement and refreshment in the Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians is a great part of the Bible to be in as we look to God to do that in us and for us. The, the second reason is that just now, I think for many of us, our worlds have shrunk you know, because of social distancing. I mean, for, for me, we're not allowed to leave our state without quarantine, quarantining for two weeks. All of us have been around. Many of us have been inside our homes for long periods. Uh, what we really need is actually something to lift our, our vision above the things that are just in front of our faces, the end of our nose, kind of in our little community. And Paul in Thessalonians does that in a major way as he encourages us to look up and out at his plans uh, spread across the world and stretching across time. And that leads us to, I think, a third reason why it's so important to look at this book and to take its teaching on board just now, especially this week. That one of Paul's great concerns for the Thessalonians is that they wouldn't get caught up in stuff that didn't matter. 
that they would look to the end, to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in all his glory, to judge the living and the dead, to take those of us who've trusted Christ to be with him in the new creation. Paul wanted the Thessalonians to look at that and live in the light of that in the present. I think, like no time in my lifetime at the moment, it's very difficult to plan for anything. Uh, we do have this kind of distant, vague hope that perhaps someone may actually come up with a, a, a working virus that may enable us to return to something close to normality. But basically, apart from that, there's just grave uncertainty everywhere. For us, will the borders open to New South Wales and Victoria, the rest of Australia? When will I be able to kind of come back to the, uh, to the UK to see, to see my family? You know, those kind of questions are all uncertain. And in the middle of that, it's very easy to become very kind of insular, very almost short-sighted. And Paul's letter to the Thessalonians speaks right into our world and <laughs> reminds us that we may be in the middle of a pandemic. There may be a particularly nasty virus doing the rounds in our world. But ultimately, we know what the future holds. And the future is moving towards one moment when all humanity will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and acknowledge him as the King of Kings, as, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, whether willingly or unwillingly. Now, because that is true, then that enables us to live in a way which is distinctively Christian, which is filled and soaked and motivated by the grace of God here and now. That will drive us beyond our own immediate concerns to live for the glory of the Lord Jesus. So I do hope that you'll be with us as we work through this, this marvellous book this week at the Worldwide. Well, I really hope that has whetted your appetite for the Bible readings each morning at Bangor Worldwide. I can encourage you to tune in at half 11 each morning. And there's going to be a song in that session as well. Also, if you're free in the mornings and if you're from the Bangor area, I really encourage you to come to our prayer gatherings in person in Hamlin Road Presbyterian Church Welcome Centre. That's at 10 o'clock each morning. Everything's going to be socially distanced and as safe as possible for you to come and to pray to the Lord of the Harvest, to be encouraged at praying with others as we pray for those who are sharing that day and pray for those who've shared in previous days. We're now going to hear from Erwin from uh, Frontiers who are celebrating their 20th year and it's a real joy for us as a church to be hosting this. So over to Erwin now, he's going to bring a report from Frontiers. Hello everybody. I would love to be with you in person, but as we all know, this is not possible. So I'm going to share my heart with you on this uh, video. I would like to speak about exciting times. Why have I chosen this title? Because I believe we really live in times that are so excited that many people before us, generations before us, have been praying and asking the Lord to see breakthroughs happening in the Muslim world and they haven't seen them. They were praying, they were laboring, they were giving their lives, laying down their lives. Some of them were killed by diseases, some of them were killed in other ways, some of them were 
lasting for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, laboring faithfully and haven't seen much fruit at all. Today, we are seeing the beginning of a change happening where the Lord has been answering all of those prayers and faithful hours of work from other people. And we are living in this time and seeing the fruit and the answer of it and seeing hundreds, thousands, even tens of thousands of Muslims turning to Jesus, accepting him as Lord and Savior, laying down their lives before him and following him. Is this not exciting time? It is. And more Muslims have started to follow Jesus in the past 50 years than in 1,400 years before combined. Wow, we are living in this time. Four reasons for that. It's God's chosen time for the Muslims. He put them on his agenda. He loves them and he has started to answer and to prayers and to reveal himself to them, to show them that Jesus is the savior for everybody. And Jesus died on the cross for the sins of millions and millions of Muslims. And he's revealing himself through dreams, through visions, through opening their eyes that when they are reading the word of God, they can understand it's God's chosen time for the Muslims. Secondly, the Muslim world has been changing and is changing right now. So many countries are upside down. The Muslim world, they are facing difficulties economically, geographically, in war. Lots of things have really led to, to the fact that many Muslims are seeking out for new ways, for the truth. They're open for new ideas because the world is changing. Thirdly, many people have prayed and fasted for decades to ask the Lord to come and show the good news and show his love and show his salvation to the Muslim world. And today we see the answers of this prayer and of this fasting. And also we have seen so many more workers that were willing to go and spend their lives in the Muslim world. For sure, there is still a little, a little of com comparing to what the need of the workers should be. We are still needing thousands, tens of thousands of workers that are willing to go and spend their life and share love with Muslims. So we still need more workers, but we have seen more in the past decades than ever before. Today we want to look more deeply into this fact what prayer and fasting can be doing. And I want to invite you to become part of this. Andrew Murray, he said, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. We all are invited to change the world through prayer and fasting. It is wherever you are, how old you are, man, women, children, old people, we all can be part of this, of shaping history 
by praying and fasting in the coming weeks and months and years to see the Lord breaking through and to shape the world history by praying and fasting. Firstly, we join Jesus when we intercede. Christ Jesus, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus Christ himself is praying for us and he's praying for those Muslims who found Jesus. He's praying for the world. He wants to see more and more people uh, bowing down their knees and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we are joining Jesus himself when we intercede. Pray for those who yet cannot know salvation until they come to him through Jesus Christ. Pray that God would open their eyes and they would see the glory of Jesus. Secondly, prayer touches God's heart and calls people to go. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord for the har of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need so many more workers. So as we are crying out before the Lord of the harvest, send more workers, he will answer. And if you pray this, Maybe you will be the answer to your, to your own prayers. Maybe the Lord is calling you to go. Whatever age you have, whatever, whatever you are in your life, it's never too early, it's never too late. Listen to the Lord. Maybe he wants to call you to go and to be part of this harvest workers, of these laborers that he's going to send. Go your way, behold, I am sending you, says the Lord. Ask him to open your ears so that you would hear from him. If you are one of these people that should go. Thirdly, prayer opens the doors for the spreading of the gospel. Paul asked the church, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. So he is asking the people that they should pray for him, that he would have open doors as he is sharing the word of God, as he is sharing Jesus and among peoples and places that have never heard the gospel. He said to the people, please pray for me, intercede for me. And that's definitely something we all can do. Pray for open doors to declare the good news among unreached peoples and places. Fourth, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Expect God to answer. Be like the widow. It says whatever we ask, we will receive. But we need to persevere. We should not give up in praying. We have to continue pray and ask the Lord to really Give us this last people that he would open their eyes. He would help them to see the truth and the glory of Jesus. Pray with importunity, persevering, pressing in in prayer like the persistent widow. We should never give up to come before the Lord and bring the unreached people groups and places before his throne, asking him, to send the Holy Spirit, 
that he would open the eyes of the people so that they could understand and see the glory of Jesus. Fifthly, multiply your ministry. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So invite others to join you in praying for the Muslim world so you can multiply what you are doing yourself. Invite others, churches, to adopt a people group in prayer. Invite friends. It starts prayer groups to pray for the unreached. Join a prayer group. Uh, invite churches to do this so that we would see more and more Muslim people groups and Muslim citizen places being adopted in prayer and therefore also being prepared for the people who are going there to share the gospel with them. Sixth, ask the Lord for nations. Wow, look at this, what the Lord tells us in Psalm 2.8. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Wow, what an amazing promise the Lord is giving us and what a challenge and what a responsibility for us who are his children, who are co-heirs of Christ. And therefore, we also can ask the nations to become our heritage, to see that nations would enter into the kingdom because the Lord will open their hearts. Lord, we are hungry. We are desperate in need to see that whole nations would turn to Christ. Seventh, all nations will worship the Lord. Here is the fulfillment of this promise that we should ask for all the nations. And in Psalm 86, we see the fulfillment because it says, All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you. It will happen. And so by interceding, we are actually claiming what the Lord already has agreed to do. Cry out to the Lord to see this happening soon. It takes a prayer movement to reach a prayer movement. As we know, Muslims are praying five times a day, many of them, and some of them even more. They're praying, they're seeking God, they're seeking forgiveness of sins, they're seeking salvation, they're seeking a relationship with God. And they're praying for this every day. And as we want to win a praying movement, we need to also be a prayer movement, a praying movement. And we need to ask the Lord that through prayer and through the Holy Spirit, he would answer and answer the prayers that he would open their eyes to see the glory of Jesus, that he is the only way to receive salvation from their sins. And he loves them so much to reveal themselves to millions of Muslims in the future. That should be our prayer. And we need to join this prayer movement of believers from all over the world coming together and saying, Lord, we join this praying movement and asking you to save millions and millions and millions of Muslims and answer the prayer that they could understand and see the glory of Jesus 
and receiving salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. You might have heard of Initiative 1010, that initiative that the Lord has been talking two years ago, 2018, to dozens of leaders from organizations from all over the world, challenging us and telling us, you should pray and fast for 10 years, asking God that at least 10% of the Muslim world will be saved. This started in 2018. So by 2028, we really want to ask the Lord to show up and save millions and millions of Muslims. So what an exciting time. You see here the app on your iPhone or Android, you could download it and every day you will get a prayer request to join this movement of thousands of tens of thousands of people praying for this. You could also get more information on the website. And in August, we are starting actually a 40 days praying and fasting and saying, Lord, here we are from people from all over the world, workers, churches, whoever wants to join. We're going to invite you to be part of this from the 24th of August to the 2nd of October and joining in. You might be praying for, uh, for the whole time. You might be fasting a day, you might be fasting a few days, you might be fasting a week. Some of the people might decide to fast even for 40 days for this. Whatever you want to be doing, we invite you to join this exciting time by fasting at least a day or a few days during this time. You could choose whatever way of fasting you want to be doing. Holy Spirit, come. We need you. We are in desperate need of seeing a revival coming among the peoples and places where we are. So, Muslim peoples need to hear from Jesus. More than 2,000 people groups have little or no work. A thousand about or people groups have more or less no work at all. And there are about 170, 160, the number is changing, uh, of people with more than 100,000 people without any work, no work at all. Oh Lord, we need you. We need you to change this. One way also the Lord has been using in the past is rapid intervention network. It's part of Frontiers. We started this two years ago where we felt that we should start a group of people that is able to respond faster to crisis situations. Here you see the vision to respond in a timely manner when crises arise, conflicts, natural disasters, to effectively meet the needs of the population and to pursue movements of disciples and churches in the Muslim world in partnership with like-minded NGOs, sending organizations and local Christian communities. Why this? Because in many places there Workers are still facing a wall. The gospel is still not breaking through in many peoples and places. Although we see much more than ever before, we are still at the beginning. Much more has to come. And these walls are often still in front of 
people when they try to bring the gospel to unreached peoples and places. But there are opportunities of uh, a window of opportunity. And often such windows are created by crisis situations where people suddenly are open for the gospel that haven't been open, open before for decades. Here an example, you see since 1990, so many crises, earthquakes, war, ethnic cleansing, flooding have happened all over the Muslim world and it continues to happen. And we see that we have answered in some of these crisis situations, but not very fast. So we want to do a better job. So our IAN Rapid Intervention Network got started two years ago. And today, by facing the challenge of COVID-19, we see an opportunity actually to answer. Thousands of people got help through our teams. We have 50 more teams serving the people. Bible studies got started, people got baptized, and we also got access to closed people groups that we haven't had before because of the practical love of answering of the needs in this crisis situation. More openness than before we have seen in several places. I close this by asking you, pray with us. Give to, to this exciting vision to see many, many people being saved and ask the Lord if you yourself are the answer of your prayers to send more laborers into the harvest. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
But we do hope that you've been encouraged and challenged this evening. As you have heard from Evie, as you've heard from Gary, as you've heard from Urban. God is doing amazing things around the world. And we hope that this week at Bangor Worldwide just raises your eyes to the horizon to see what God is doing. Can I encourage you to, to go to the website and to find out more of what's on for the prayer gatherings in the morning, the Bible readings at half eleven, the seminars in the afternoon, and then the evening celebrations. Those are real feasts for you to enjoy. Can I also encourage you, if you have been watching this, to consider becoming a friend of Bangor Worldwide, to be one of the regular supporters who can really facilitate this convention happening every year. There's lots of details of that on the website and there's a short video that will explain that. And for those of you who sign up to do that, you will also get a free copy of Gary's latest book called Need to Know. Well, I'm going to close our time tonight in prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Father, I thank you for your goodness to the nations. Father, thank you for the goodness to frontiers throughout the years and your goodness to Evie. And Father, I pray that as we hear of what you're doing around the world, that we will be encouraged and challenged. Father, would you show us what our role to play in that is, whether to pray or to give or to go. Father, we recognise that the fields are indeed white, aren't the harvest, but the labourers are few. And Father, we pray this week at Bangor Worldwide that you would raise up many labourers for the harvest fields at home here or abroad. Father, we pray that many would come to hear the good news, the great news, the life-changing news of Jesus this week and that you would be glorified and have your way among the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Good night and God bless. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.